Have you ever felt as if you weren't following the quote unquote rules when it came to how you practiced spiritual growth? For example, reading your Bible, doing some daily devotions, prayer, all of those kinds of practices. Well, if you thought that you were somehow broken because you weren't doing it the way everybody said you should be doing it, then you're going to enjoy this interview with Gwen Jackson. Gwen has classified people into three different categories, and while some are daily people who really thrive on that routine of doing the same thing day in and day out, there are also people who have more weekly habits, more seasonal habits, and so the way they work their spiritual growth into their everyday life is different. More than anything else, it's about repurposing what you do with your time to be doing what helps you to grow, to be set free from the things that aren't working for you and the things that somebody told you you should be doing. You're listening to Life Repurposed, where you'll find practical biblical wisdom for everyday living, creative inspiration, and helpful resources. Grow your faith, improve your relationships, discover your purpose, and reach your goals with topics to encourage you to find hope amid the trashy stuff of life. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hey there. I want to introduce you to Gwen Jackson. Gwen is a writer and a speaker, and she served in many ministry roles alongside of her husband, who's in pastoral ministry. Gwen is also an ordained minister herself. Her greatest joy is to process life and faith with others. Her first book, Unforced Rhythms, was released a few years ago, but I caught up with her today to talk to her about that book because I discovered it when she spoke at my church. Gwen enjoys hiking, running, summer, and more than that, she loves sharing life with her husband of 43 years and spending time with her family of grown children and grandchildren. Here is my chat with Gwen Jackson. Gwen, thank you so much for joining me today to talk with my audience. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to sharing with your audience. So I first met you. Well, I didn't meet you in person. I actually first heard you when you came to speak at my church. And then I think I missed that weekend. So I listened to it later. And um, I was hosting online during one of the services as well. So I never met you in person, but this is our first time face to face. It is. Yes, I do remember preaching at your church that morning. I think we were still in the midst of COVID time and um, but really enjoyed connecting with the people there. I reached out to your publisher after that because I wanted your contact information and they sent me an ebook copy of your book because I said this was a really different way of thinking about things from the way I was raised. So today Mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about spiritual practices and habits, and I would love to hear your favorite way to refresh. Ah, my favorite way to refresh. I have a few different things. In the summer, I love gardening, but not vegetable gardening, but flower (laughs) gardening. So um, I love working with flowers and puttering around in some of my flower beds. Um, I love to read. Um, I got a Kindle three years ago, and ever since then, I've been reading well over 60 books a year. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, I love the nature outside too. So one of our favorite places, my husband and I love to go is Yosemite National Park and mm. it's just um, an amazing place to rest and relax and replenish and take in all that's nature. We've made a decision at this point in our lives that we're going to go to Yosemite every year. Nice. Yeah. So it's my, I think we went last um, May and that was my seventh or eighth time. And my husband's Mm -hmm. been there over 10, I think so. As we think about refreshing and renewing, you talk often about habits and rhythms and renewal and those kinds of things. One of the things that really stood out for me in your book was the idea of measuring up and words such as ought and should. So Mm -hmm. I'd like it if you could tell me a little bit about where you were at one point in your life with that concept of measuring up. Yes. Well, I would say um, it all started in my elementary years. Um, I had some teachers in third, fourth, and fifth grade who uh, seemed to pick on me, and my mom started me in kindergarten at age four, and I five that December, so I should have had probably another year under my belt before I started school, so school was always a bit of a challenge for me, so having some teachers who were back in these 60s, um, a little more rigid and structured, um, having having lots of expectations for me and my times tables and math that was difficult for me. I think I always then felt the need that I needed to measure up. And that included even in my spiritual life, you know, making sure I checked off all the dots and was doing everything as I should be doing. And so there was this um, sense of I ought to do this, I should do this. I was a pretty compliant child. And so I wanted to follow the rules. And so when I became um, a Christian, I chose to follow Jesus when I was 10 years old, a very um, moving and real experience for me as a 10 year old. Of course, I wanted to do what was right. And it was a an experience where I truly felt clean inside. I just remember as a child, just knowing something had happened within me. Um, So, you know, we're taught to read the Bible and pray. And in my book, I talk about in element in a Sunday school, we would sing this little song, read your Bible, pray every day. I knew that song too. And you'll grow, grow, grow. And then there was this other stanza. They added, uh, neglect your Bible, forget to pray and you'll shrink, shrink, shrink. So, um, that every day, um, began to be burdensome to me as I grew into my teenage and adult life, um, trying to, spend that time with God every morning um, was a real challenge for me. Mm -hmm. I always felt defeated and pretty much um, discouraged in my Christian walk because I felt like I wasn't measuring up Mm -hmm. what was expected of me. Over the years, I feel as if I've heard so many different versions of ought and should when it comes to that. For example, 
you must do this first thing in the morning. You must read your Bible. You must sit in silence, listen to the Lord, because if you don't, your day is going to go terrible. Or if you don't do this every day, then you're never going to grow spiritually and you're not filling up enough. So you're not gonna, I mean, some of there's some truth to that, but also I felt that heaviness as well. And there's this word that we use with it, which is appropriate discipline. We call it spiritual discipline. But until a few years ago, when I was speaking at an event and somebody said, discipline sounds awful. And I thought, there's some truth to that too. So what yes. do you think of that? What do you think about the word discipline? Uh, I do not like the word discipline. <laughs> it sounds like punishment to me. It, it does. It does. And um, so that word, I pretty much completely took it out of my vocabulary <laughs> because it created this, what I call the spiritual angst, um, sort of this panic because I was like, I can't live up to these spiritual disciplines, these expectations um, that, you know, your Sunday school teachers or your parents or fellow Christians didn't intentionally place Mm -hmm. on you. Mm -hmm. It was, um, but there was just this sort of expectation, I think, that just kind of rose within all of us according to what we've been hearing in messages and Sunday school lessons and so forth. So I battled with that everydayness for several decades and was trying to ask God to help me figure it out because I love you, God. I love Jesus. I want to live for you. But this whole um, daily devotion thing for me was just such a burden. I couldn't reconcile the two and I didn't know how to. Mm -hmm. And so um, God gave me some help along the way that finally brought freedom to my life. I'm imagining somebody listening right now who might be gasping because you just said you don't have to read your Bible every day. (laughs) We get really tied to the legalistic side of what we should be doing and how it compares to somebody else's spiritual practices. So there's this idea that if we don't do that, that God's going to be far away from us Mm -hmm. instead of the idea that God is always with us and we we need to figure out what works for how we communicate with him. Definitely. Everything you just said, I totally agree with. Um, yeah, the, I think the number one word when people have responded to reading my book or having me teach or preach on this subject is freeing, freedom, liberating. Um it's something that I think a lot of believers deal with, and yet we keep on telling ourselves this is the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, there are other ways to connect with God if we want to put it into some sort of a measurable thing, which I don't even like to use that. But um, it's really hard for people too who don't see themselves as a daily person to allow themselves to get out of that rhythm and 
lean into the rhythm that's more who they are. Mm. And so even then, I think just that ingrained message we've had is one that's hard to pull ourselves out of because we'll feel guilty, but Mm -hmm. we don't need to feel guilty because Jesus says, my burden yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yes. From Matthew 11, 28 through 30. That's my main scripture. I kind of sandwich the whole book in. Yeah. And really soon I want to come to the life rhythm theory because you mentioned a daily and then um, we're going to talk about those rhythms. But uh, before we do that, I just want to call out the idea that a lot of what we do is performance based. Mm. So I was taught growing up that we're saved not by works, but by faith. And that faith is in Jesus. But then in practicality, we almost lived as if our faith was performance based because almost as if God would have more favor on me if I followed the rules and spent this amount of time with him every day, read the Bible through in a year or all of those things. So in your book, you talk about living in chronic defeat because of this. And as we think about repurposing our rhythms, how do we get out of that chronic defeat that's caused by the legalistic pressures? Yes. Well, I believe that reading my book and finding (laughs) about the three different life rhythms is um, a place to detach from that daily mindset. And certainly there are daily people who lean into that dailiness. And I keep, I always say, I tried to be you for so many years and it didn't work for me. Um, But yes, I agree with you. We, we can easily go back into performance-based faith. Mm -hmm. And I love the book of Galatians because Paul wrote that book and it's so much about grace. And he even says in one part in there, basically, you were set free, why are you going back to your old ways, you know, so I kind of use that to say, if you're not daily, you can be set free from that and lean into the rhythm that's right for you. But so don't go back to that, because in some ways, we're in slavery to it. Mm-hmm. that legalism le- pulls us into we're a slave to this so I was feeling like a slave in some ways to those daily devotions kind of um, making myself do them because I thought that was the right thing to do but um, so I think that's the yoke that Jesus talks about that yoke of oppression and Paul says you know don't now that you're free don't go back to that yoke of slavery Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that book of Galatians. It's a good book to read if you're needing a lot of grace in your life and understanding it more. Yeah, I love all of Paul's writings, but because it's so practical in applying to everyday life. Now that we've piqued the curiosity of the listener, we do need to talk about those three different, <laughs> because what is a daily? So um, the life rhythm theory is really what ties in here. And this is what you lay out in your book. So yeah. let's talk about the three types of people. Yes. So there are the daily people. Like I said, there are daily people who love to know what their what their day is going to be like they often make a to-do list they 
can get a lot done. They're really efficient if they have a good understandable goal for their day and they're responsible for it. They do love that structure. And so in the spiritual life, they love having either morning or evening devotions or sometimes both. And they can keep that practice up for years upon years. They often like the familiarity of life. And so on Monday, I do this. On Tuesday, I do that. I grew up with a very daily mom and um, she had those morning and evening devotions. She used that little booklet, My Daily Bread. Mm -hmm. And it was always by her breakfast table setting. Um, She journaled every single day ever since 1968. She passed away this last March and um, I have her journals and it's very, there's not a lot of feeling. It's mostly, this is what I did today, (laughs) so daily. Um, And she would just write a kind of a paragraph and later on she would write a, a one page and that's all she did, but she did that for decades. Wow. So um, that daily person um, loves that routine. They are definitely anchored in a routine. They love that familiarity. I've talked to daily people who say, and if they're on a vacation, they're so ready after a week to get back to their routine, (laughs) which just boggles my mind because give me a whole three months sabbatical. Right. (laughs) So um, that kind of, in a nutshell, describes the uh, daily person. Um, yeah, they can they can live doing the same job for a long time too, mm-hmm. you know, and and not get burdened by by it. I kind of, for me, mm-hmm. that's a daily grind because I can't <laughs> I can't do that. So um, yeah, that's the daily person. That's the daily. So then what's the next one? The second rhythm is called weekly monthly and the weekly monthly rhythm uh, loves to set goals. They get kind of anchored in projects and goals. They uh, set priorities. So rather than a to-do list, they'll, they'll prioritize what they need to have done. And as long as they're working towards that goal or finishing a project, Um, As long as they're moving forward, they're happy. No one day needs to look like another day or this Monday maybe doesn't look like last Monday, but um, as long as they're completing a goal or moving, making progress, they are very happy with that. Uh, Weekly, monthly person um, is my husband. He has been for ever since his 20s, he's been having a day alone with God once a month. And not that that's his only time to spend with God, but that one day a month where he sets aside a whole day um, to spend time with God and prayer. Sometimes he goes hiking on that day. If the weather is nice, he sat in central libraries or seminary libraries in the winter and spends that day in the word and prayer. Um, journaling, think whatever God leads him to do on that day. And that really carries his soul for a while. On his commute to work, he may listen to scripture. Um, He loves the weekly, monthly person, uh, loves their Sundays, you know, if they can get that Sunday uh, Sabbath, and it's sort of 
it sort of um, centers them for the week ahead and all that they've got going. They can spin a lot of the plates. Uh, they love working with the team because the team helps them get their projects done and help <laughs> meet the, um, the goals that they have set forth for them. So um, I'm trying to think if there's any other questions or thoughts on that month, weekly, monthly person, uh, but that in a way describes who they are. Okay. And then there's a third one. Yes. The third rhythm is called seasonal yearly. That would be me. That's why I go, no wonder I struggled with that daily for so long. The seasonal yearly person, um, let me describe what I mean by the yearly. So we often like, um, tend to kind of look at the bigger picture. We may not be strategic or, uh, like, in our planning, looking at the bigger picture, but we sort of can label the year ahead, which I haven't done yet for this year. Some people do the word for the mm -hmm. year, um, which could be for the seasonal yearly person. I tend to go, um, for instance, um, now I'm gonna show my age, but when I turned 60, we I called it the year of Jubilee. Um, because I had been a Christian for 50 years at that point. Um, and what my husband and I planned to do that year, which we did, was go back to some of the pivotal moments in my life, in my spiritual walk. And so we went back to Pennsylvania, where I was born and raised, and uh, went to the church that's still functioning, where I found my salvation. Um, we went to Brazil where I went on a mission trip um, when I was 19 years old and helped to build a floating airplane hangar on the river down there for the missionaries. And so we went and visited places of pivotal moments in my life. Uh, when I was writing the book, it was the year of the book. This is the year I'm going to finish the book. So that's kind of where the yearly part comes in. The seasonal part is we like a lot of variety just doing routine and which is the daily and that's okay they like routine but on the other hand the seasonal person um, likes varieties so if we commit ourselves to something with an indefinite ending we become very bogged down by that so the tedious the routine really bogs us down and it gets heavy for us. So we need to change things up. And, and you can do that with the seasons of the year, spring, summer, fall, you know, winter, or you can um, do it however way you want. Maybe you have a two, two month kind of season that you're going to go, this is what's going to happen this, this next couple months. So right now I'm kind of um, trying to eat more healthy and make sure I'm getting my exercise in. And so I'm kind of calling it the next three months, sort of, uh, that's my focus. And so in the midst of that, what is God doing in my life as well? I think the seasonal people say, is there some theme in my life right now? What is God wanting to do in my life? And not that the others aren't asking that, but I think as a seasonal person, we sort of go there. We tend to be um, processors. We, we process life and we kind of live in our moments. 
Uh, some people might think we're lazy or not disciplined, and that's why I probably don't even like that word. <laughs> <laughs> but we can have these high productive times for two or three months, and then we can kind of say, oh, I need a little bit of a break from that high productivity, and we go into a season where we're not as productive, and it's good to be aware of that because um, we need to, we still need to somehow keep being somewhat productive in life, but what does that new season look like in a lower productivity? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think um, spiritually, I don't do daily devotions. I find myself in the word um, almost sporadically, and I will take, um, say, a chapter in the Bible maybe like in a psalm, and I'll stick with that psalm for three months. And we tend to be artistic, um, more on the creative side. So music, art, writing is helpful to me. I journal, but not every day. Um, I'm very transparent in my journaling. It's not my mom who just Mm -hmm. kind of what she did for the day I'm very like this is what's going on in my life you know this is how God's speaking to me um so what I was going to say with that was you know I've taken chapters in the Bible and I draw them out I kind of sketch them and I'm not an artist by any sense or you know that great but I'm in simplicity I can sort of psalm you know 91 I can sketch out a verse or two and sort of help me memorize it I you know so that's kind of how I do I kind of pray um there are times when I get down on my knees and pray but most of the time it's just kind of having this communion with God throughout my day so that sounds like a key because that's something that somebody might push back and say that like if you're too black and white it might look as if you're saying Daily people talk to God every day and seasonal people talk to him once a year. And that is not true. <laughs> it so, is true. It sounds to me as more as is how it works into your day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know which I am. I thought I was more of the weekly, uh, weekly, monthly. But there's a lot of seasonal in me as well because I'm a creative person. The coloring Bible appealed to me because I could slow down and and just color a page while I'm thinking more. Uh, My habits are, I'm so organized, but I also change up constantly. So I fall somewhere, I think, in between there. I I really love my Sundays. That's a protected thing now where I don't read my business emails on Sunday anymore. And it's definitely a very low-key day compared to the rest of the week. Because I did find when I did nothing, I was going insane. It's that rat race (laughs) of no... Yes. No time. But in com- in communicating with God, it sounds as if the daily person might be intentionally sitting in a particular chair and they're reading uh, the Bible, then they're talking with God, maybe journaling every day. I tend to be a person who's talking out loud to God throughout the day all the time. Yeah. So how what other ways does it like play out in, and I know we're not trying to make rules because that's counterproductive. (laughs) Yes. And it's really hard sometimes to explain the seasonal yearly Mm -hmm. person and explain what that looks like. But sometimes when I teach this and I 
teach about the life rhythms and then I divvy them up into whichever rhythm they think they're in. All of the seasonals, we get each other. We're like, <laughs> totally, we get you. And the dailies, like, I don't understand you guys, but it's been a really good um, thing for couples as well. So it's been interesting as I've taught this in the mission organization that my husband and I are part of um, watching a um, wife go into the daily and the husband into the seasonal. And she's like, I didn't think he was very spiritual. I didn't think he was strong in his walk. Cause then he's like, yeah, well you go into your morning closet and I, you know, feel guilty. And so helping each other understand that, yes, we're all on a spiritual walk, but we all do it to a different a rhythm that's maybe different than others. I'm trying to remember your question now about, um, it's okay. I don't remember it anymore either. <laughs> <laughs> so I think just how, um, yeah, like the daily person talks to God every day. They might even have a prayer list that they, um, have. Mm-hmm. I, I, we have a friend that he will tell people regularly, I pray for you every day. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, how does he do that? But he has a list and he just goes through that. And I think he just sort of mentions our names, but. um, My grandma did that. She had every person in the family assigned to a day of the week. And she would call me and say, Thursday was your day. It's like, I prayed for you on Thursday. Yeah, (laughs) it's amazing. So I often pray people, God brings people to my mind at certain times. We may sound a little a seasonal, we may sound a little bit um, flying by the seat of our pants and kind of happy-go-lucky, but um, I love being led by the Spirit, which we all are led by the Spirit, but I have this sense that God's Spirit's just leading me throughout the day, and um, sometimes it's just um, if you want to pray a morning prayer saying, God, fill me with your Spirit for this day, you know, help me to follow your leads. And we can start our day with that if we want. Yeah. So when I'm thinking about it in practicum, there is this idea that if you do this daily, that it will keep you from drifting away from Mm -hmm. God in your relationship with him, which is true to a point. But also I've heard people say, if you don't experience joy coming to your Bible in the morning, Mm -hmm. then you must not have a true relationship with God. But I experience joy in my relationship in different ways. So to me, it seems as if you have the potential to drift away from God, no matter what your habits are as far as the routine, because it's more of a mindset thing than it is the actual like rigid way that you practice it. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes. So and we might think daily is rigid, but to them it's not. But right. I think if you're a different rhythm, you're going to say, oh, that feels so rigid. But for them, they love that structure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, we can do things in community as well. And so approaching our Bible and opening it up, um, yeah, we might feel joy or we might not feel joy, but we have that faith that an assurance that we're still mm-hmm. God's child. And um, whether we have that or not, we don't need to doubt that. Um, I was saying about community, I meet with two other ladies and we've been doing it partially on Zoom and 
over COVID, but we try to meet every Friday morning, but two of us are seasonal <laughs> and what the other one's certainly not daily. She might be seasonal too. So sometimes it doesn't work with life schedule, but um, we'll pray together. And, and, and I like that praying in community. Also being a part of a, a Bible study or something where you're studying a Bible a chap, a book with um, other people. And for the seasonal person, that might be a six to eight week study, and then you're done. And we like that variety, but you still are in um, the word and think and pondering it. Yeah. I tend to ponder um, the word from for quite some time rather than reading something new every day. Mm-hmm. And um, so that community piece is important for all of us too, no matter what rhythm you are. Mm-hmm. But that speaks to me because when you talk about a seasonal person wanting the the constrained time, knowing a beginning and end, that is definitely me. I am more likely to join an eight-week or a 10-week Bible study than I am to commit to, okay, we're going to meet every week for indefinitely. Uh, It's hard for me to figure out then if something changes in my life, how do I walk away from this? Yes. Because other people in the group are dailies. And so it is hard, like it almost is offensive if I step away. So yeah. I get that. That makes sense a lot. Yeah. 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 And then to be the pondering thing, too, I'm more likely to um, have a scripture that I put up somewhere, put a card up somewhere yes. and really think about it as I go about my day. So, again, it's a daily thing. But I might be looking at that same card for weeks before I pick a new one. That's exactly um, how it can work for the weekly, monthly, mm-hmm. or the seasonal. And of course, the daily can do that too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the um, I remember meeting a, a couple. They were both daily. And uh, I asked in the workshop, how many of you have read through the Bible in a year? And not everybody, of course, raised their hand, but this couple did. And I realized they were both daily and they had read through the Bible for two decades. Wow. Every <laughs> single year for 20 years. And I was just like, that is admirable. And I have never read through the Bible in a year. I, I just can't do it. I just can't. I think like, I've, it's taken me two years. I've done, maybe done it once, but usually it's, yeah. it's more like two or three. Yeah. For me, it's just not as meaningful to just try to get so much read in one day. Right. And yeah. I just, I mean, I can't say I got anything out of it. Is it, I yeah. got as much out of it. I got something, yeah. of course, but yeah, it yeah. was more like, did it close the Bible off with my day? <laughs> like, sure. Check. Yeah. I think a good question to ask is, is this changing my life? Is this yeah. transforming yeah. me? Because the whole goal of growing in a relationship with Christ is to become more like him. Yes. And I love um, the thought that it's not only for us, but for the sake of others. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes in our individualistic world, we only think about my growth. I'm growing and growing closer to Christ. Um, but really it's for the sake of others. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, I call that lopsided Christianity, if we were missing, you know, the second part of that. And so 
is what you're doing, the question for the audience is, you know, is what you're doing and spending time with God, is it being transformational in your life? Is it helping you to become more like Jesus? And mm-hmm. you find it flowing out of your life and into others in your world, um, in your daily life. And if it's not, then stop doing it and find what does work in your life to, to um, get to that place of transformation and growth and yeah. serving others. So. This is a great place for me to tell you a little bit about today's episode sponsor, The Life Repurposed Book. It includes stories of grace, hope, and restored faith from 34 women just like you. You'll find comfort, inspiration, and wisdom as they share their accounts of how they found hope and renewed faith as they've come through trials and tough times, including family struggles, infertility, health challenges, doubt, fear, human trafficking, depression, heartbreak, loss, and so much more. In these examples of forgiveness, starting over, renewed joy, fresh faith, and love and healing, discover inspiration to experience your own story of transformation. There are some thought-provoking questions to use for your own reflection or group discussion at the end of every chapter as well. If you'd like to know more about Life Repurposed, Stories of Grace, Hope, and Restored Faith, you'll find that at liferepurposedbook.com. That's liferepurposedbook.com. I had pulled a quote out that I was just scrolling through my screen with quotes I'd pulled out right as you said that I got, you know, is you quote Robert Mulholland yes, in that. Him. And yeah, just talking about how it's for the sake of others in the body of Christ and outside. Yes. And you talked about how his words were a liberating shift from yeah. the mindset of the spiritual practices that exist solely for our own personal growth and holiness. And that really resonated with me mm-hmm. because it is really, that's what makes people see us as just judgmental and self-righteous and all the things that people criticize Christians for. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So just this, not for being Pharisees, but for really living and loving like Jesus. And and that was the main takeaway, even from your whole book. I saw that as the, the idea of the why behind what we're doing is, yeah. is for a different purpose than what we may have been taught in Sunday school. Yes. Yeah. And when Jesus in Matthew 11, that chapter at the end is, is speaking about all you who are weary and heavy laden, Mm -hmm. he was really speaking to the Jewish people and the Pharisees were listening into that to hear him say, um, my yoke is easy because they were under such oppressive laws and rules and regulations that, you know, they had to kind of watch their every step And what was Jesus accused of almost more than anything else was healing on the Sabbath, you know, and Mm -hmm. eating grains as he and the disciples were walking through on the Sabbath. Um, He's like, no, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for my yoke is gentle and humble at heart. And that's where you find rest for your souls. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love that verse in 
you know, I, I mentioned in my book that I always thought of the ox yoke when I read that verse, and oftentimes it's taught that way, but it really is, um, the yoke is an oppressiveness, mm. and uh, I quote quite a few Old and New Testament scriptures in that section of the book, um, and it's really hard for probably daily people mostly to hear this, because it feels like such a um, polarization maybe, but Mm -hmm. daily devotions was oppressive for me. Mm -hmm. It was heavy. It, it just, um, created this spiritual angst that I didn't like and being free from that yoke for me personally, as a seasonal person, it was just, yeah, liberating <laughs> and, and just um, had wings to fly rather than a weight that pulled me down in my spiritual walk. I want to speak directly to our listeners here because this is the point where if you're listening and you're hearing Gwen talk, if you have struggled all of your life with this idea of what you should or you ought to do and daily devotions aren't for you or it's not working for you, I encourage you to get unforced rhythms. The subtitle of the book is Why Daily Devotions Aren't for All of Us. And, you know, if you're a daily person, maybe you're going to push back against a little bit what we've talking about here. But I have a feeling that, listener, if you're somebody who's more of a weekly, monthly, or a seasonal person, annual, you're going to resonate with the idea that you can interact with God in a different way than what you've told you have to do. The book contains a lot of, like Gwen said, a lot of scripture that really backs up this. So if you've only gone to the ones that talk about Jesus went away to the wilderness and he, you know, those are there and he went and talked and prayed. But there are other things in the Bible that explain how we can also connect with God. So Gwen, where can people get your book? Well, it comes through Wesleyan Publishing House. So uh, if you go on their website, uh, whp.com, org is it? I think it is. I'll link to it in the show notes um, too. <laughs> yes. Uh, you can get it there. Also on their site, I created a life rhythm assessment that Ooh. may help you to, you can download it for free and it may help you to figure out a little more, you know, what you might actually be and you can be sort of one or the other one and the other you know that they might overlap so give yourself grace in that and they could also go to unforcedrhythmsbook.com and connect yes. with you there that's my website they can contact me if they'd like they can order a book or they can uh, find the free downloadable assessment as well Yeah. And I'm sure that you'd like to connect with people who say, yes, this is me. Thank you so much for finally explaining what I didn't understand. So do reach out to Gwen and tell her that if that's you and this really resonates with you. Gwen, as we wrap up, what would you like to say directly to the person who's listening today? Consider rhythms rather than resolutions. And when you consider your rhythm, I think that will help you to understand more of what you want your day, week, month, and year to look like um, in that natural rhythm that you live by. And that can be in our professional life, in our home life, as a, in our family, 
and in our walk with God. And so uh, consider rhythms rather than resolutions. I think I'll end with that today. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. Uh, It's been a joy. I love to talk about this message. I'd like to tell you a little bit more about Gwen Jackson's book, Unforced Rhythms, Why Daily Devotions Aren't for All of Us. Well-intended points of discipleship have created a spiritual angst in many believers' lives. The tone of this spiritual upbringing has created an undercurrent of perfectionism that leads to despair as well as a faulty mindset that focuses on pleasing God. Unforced Rhythms offers a life-giving perspective that gives freedom to believers to engage with God according to their natural life rhythm. While there is a daily life rhythm, not everyone lives life to the beat of daily. Others may discover they live life to a weekly, monthly rhythm, or seasonal, yearly. Find freedom in your own rhythm and embrace the way you naturally engage with God. You'll find Unforced Rhythms on Amazon.com and on UnforcedRhythmsBook.com and also at Wesleyan Publishing House. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at MichelleRayburn.com to get the show notes for this episode. Each week, I share links to everything mentioned in the episode, graphics you can share, and guest quotes. I also invite you to join the Life Repurposed Facebook community for weekly conversation with others on the journey of discovering the repurposed life. Before you go, which friend needs to hear this episode? Share a link with a note to invite them to listen.